Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Wing Vegan. I want to take a second because I think it's important that we do so. I think it's important that I congratulate you. And I want to. I want to congratulate you. I want to congratulate everybody listening to the show right now on what I think is a pretty distinctive honor. I want to congratulate you because I am nominating every single one of you as the president-elect. That's right. That's right. And I, I know, I know, I know you're you're probably honored. You're probably sitting there and you're probably like, man, oh my gosh, why me? Why am I being honored with this uh, distinct nomination? And uh, you know, you deserve it. You deserve it as much as um, anybody, in all honesty. Uh, you deserve it because the office of the president-elect is not a real office. It's not a real, it's not a real thing. I, I'm sorry. It's not real. It's all imaginary. So really, in all honesty, all of us are the uh, president-elect. Anybody who is nominated by anybody else in this country can be president-elect of because president-elect is made up. It's a title the media gives you. It, uh, it holds no weight or no bearing. No one is the president-elect until the results are certified. And even then, you're just you're the next president. That's it. That's what you are. You're, you're the next president. Joe Biden has run with this so much that they've created an office of the president-elect. There are banners behind him. They've created all kinds of signage and, and everything with this insignia on it. But this is imaginary. And this is not the first time that a, a Democrat candidate for office has created an imaginary position for themselves. Stacey Abrams has been acting as the imaginary governor of Georgia for several years now. She still acts as the imaginary governor of Georgia because she still has not conceded the 2018 race. However, every time I see Stacey Abrams' stupid face on my television, no one challenges her on that. She, she as a matter of fact, is being brought on these news shows, and we will forever now quote put the, the finger quotes around the word news because there is no such thing in 2020. These news shows, she she appears, she says something about Trump not accepting the results. She talks on and on about how we have to accept the results. She she sits upon her imaginary throne and she she questions Trump's decision not to concede when she in fact still has not conceded the results of the 2018 election in which she was up for the governor of Georgia. And as a matter of fact, she has been parading around as the imaginary governor of Georgia ever since. I think in her mind, she still believes that she is the governor of Georgia. Her party still believes she is the governor of Georgia. She she appeared when the DNC was going on. She appeared on a panel of governors and she was there. She is the imaginary governor of an imaginary Georgia in an imaginary world. She is brought onto these shows as a pundit as if she knows anything or has any experience to, to fall back on. I'm not even sure what she did in her private life before she became a public figure. I've never seen her outside of her house. I don't know that she ever leaves her house. Supposedly, folks on Twitter were arguing with me that she is responsible for adding a million people to the voter rolls in Georgia. That is questionable. Where did those people come from? How did she find them? Why is she physically adding these folks to the voter rolls? I don't think so. I think what she's probably funded some packs or some, some, some groups, some community organizing she's done. Anyways, the legal challenge continues in the election. 
That's your election update. I don't know what else to tell you. The legal challenges are going through. There's tons and tons of evidence of impropriety. There's ton, There's some evidence of fraud. The media is running on the narrative of widespread fraud. So they've trained, they've changed it. The narrative has now adapted because the media has realized they can't fall back on, on, on just fraud. There is now evidence of fraud. Evidence is, you know, proof. That's, that's what evidence is. Evidence is not a hundred percent proof. It is just evidence is a piece of an item that may lead to proof. That's what evidence is. Evidence must be proven. Evidence becomes proof. You see, you start with evidence and evidence is investigated. When you, when you get evidence, you investigate it. And then that, that evidence can then turn into proof of a crime. That that's what evidence is. So all of these sworn affidavits, all of this information, which there are now 11,000 claims I saw according to Newsweek that have come forward to the Republican party, 11,000 claims that's evidence. You see, every single one of those statements is evidence. Now, maybe it's circumstantial evidence. It is still evidence. That evidence should lead to an investigation, which is exactly what's happening. These claims will be investigated. They will go to court. And if they're proven, the results will be overturned or whatever will happen will happen. That's how the process works. In a criminal case, that's exactly how the process works, right? A crime happens. Detectives investigate, they find evidence, based on that evidence, they make an arrest, then they go to court and they try and prove their their case using the evidence that they found as a basis of proof, and if there's enough proof, then the court makes a decision or the jury makes a decision. That's how this works. Same thing here, same thing here, right? Allegations are being made of fraud. Evidence is being provided. That evidence will then be taken to court and decisions will be made. And if the decisions of those courts are challenged, so be it. That's the process. That's how this works. The media is calling all of this into question because the media does not report news, silly. There is no news in 2020. There hasn't been news in a long time. The mainstream media has been operating as an arm of the Democrat party for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. This is not new. This is not new. This has been happening for years and years and years and years. You want to know, you want to know, here's a good example. I was, I was going back and I was, I was looking at things, things in the past. Right. And that led me to the Clinton scandal. You guys remember this? Of course you do. If you're old enough to remember it, you definitely remember the Clinton scandal, right? The, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You guys remember that. So back then, you know, when these allegations started to come out, right? And it was, it was drudge. It was, it was the, these um, alternative news sites that had broke this news, really. And the mainstream media didn't want to run with it. So originally, when the Mon- Monica Lewinsky story broke, The mainstream media decided to report on other allegations, not Monica. They were ignoring Monica and they were reporting on other allegations, allegations that they could, they could dispute. That's their first tactic, right? We don't run with the story. We run with other stories that we can, we can dispute because those stories aren't as strong as the story. The story in the Clinton case was Monica Lewinsky who had physical evidence, physical proof that what she was saying was true. 
So they decided to run with all of these other allegations from women on Clinton that were more disputable because there was less meat on the bone. You saw the same tactic used with Hunter Biden. When Hunter Biden's emails came out, there were other allegations made against Hunter Biden that had already been investigated. And then there was no, there was nothing there at the time. So the media decides to go back and report on that because they know that most people will see that headline. They'll put two and two together. They'll relate that headline with what's going on now. And then in their brain, they'll make the conclusion that there's no proof. You see the same thing now. There are, you know, there's weight to these stories, right? There's weight to these allegations and there's weight to what's going on. Heavy, heavy weight is on impropriety. We know there, there's at least a ton, you know, most of the evidence would suggest there is some impropriety here. And then you take a little bit of weight off and then you go to intent. There, there's some fraud here. And then you take a little bit more weight off and you, you escalate that, right? Until you get to the real weird stuff. I'm not saying the real weird stuff isn't even true. I'm just saying that's the like hardest to believe. So the media, what they're going to do is they're going to go to the top. They're going to go to the stuff that's the hardest to believe. Aliens uh, interfered in the election on behalf of Joe Biden. That's what they're going to run. Because that's, that's the craziest. So they can run that story and they can look at you, Joe, Joe Public, and they can say, look, Joe, you really don't believe that aliens interfered in this election, right? No, of, co of course you don't believe that because you're a smart person, right, Joe? They're going to run that. They're not going to run all of the instances of impropriety because that's the most believable. That's the easiest to believe. It's easy to believe that software glitches. And those software glitches are going to result in incorrect results. That's easy to believe because we've all used software before. We know it glitches. It's hard to believe the aliens. It's easy to believe the software. It's easy to believe that you would have bad actors who work for the post office. It's hard to believe that the post office itself as an entity rigged this election. So what they're going to run is, well, clearly the post office didn't rig this election. But it's easy to believe there are bad actors in the post office. So this is what they do. Now, why do they do it? I'm going to go back to the Clinton investigation. We're going to circle ourselves back now to what I started with. You see, the media is an arm of the Democrat Party. You don't have to believe me. You can look this stuff up. Just here's the easiest way to do it. Don't look up MSNBC as a whole. You can if you want to investigate their CEO and all of that. Look at the individuals. Look at the individuals who work for these news networks and then trace them back. And when you do that, you'll find your bias. George Stapanopoulos, whose name I will continue to butcher for the rest of my life, used to work for the Clinton campaign. He did. He, he used to work for this, the Clinton campaign. He then got a job working for ABC. When the Clinton investigation happened, George Stapanopoulos stepped in. And he rushed to deny any of these accusations, even going as far as saying, look, I know the Clintons. I know this isn't true. Same thing with James Carville. They were, they were smashing the story before the story could grow, right? 
And then they use that, that trustworthiness that we give them because they're on our television and we trust what we see to squash the story. Now, at the time, they were painting Drudge as just this rogue person you can't trust. You can't trust Drudge. He's basically the National Enquirer. He runs fake nonsense stories. They're doing the same thing now, right? Oh, you're talking about fraud? Where are you getting that from? Oh, pfft. Oh, you're going to trust Town Hall? You're going to trust the Daily Wire? You're going to trust, you know, the Gateway Pundit? Maybe on that one. You're going to trust these uh, Breitbart? You're going to trust these sites? Huh, silly you. I watch CNN. You can't trust Breitbart. CNN is way more trustworthy than Breitbart, right? That's how they've got you conditioned. So you believe that. But they have their surrogates in place at these media companies. And again, you can trace these guys back and see where their bias lies. These surrogates then rush to either deny or confirm stories. That's what they do. So back in the Clinton era, what happened? Well, the story grew and grew and more and more evidence started started coming out. And it got to the point to where you can't just say this didn't happen. Now we have a dress... The dress has, how do I say, physical evidence on it. That physical evidence can be tested and tied back to the president. Now what do you do? Well, once you get past the point of deniability, then you get into the point to where you're starting to paint the people who are telling the story as villains themselves. And that's what they did. So the narrative shifted back in the Clinton era to, oh, they're lying, they're lying, they're lying, to, well, look... We all cheat on our wives, right? We all cheat on our husbands. Of course you're going to lie about that, silly. The president didn't do anything wrong. Look, infidelity happens. That's the narrative. So now they've changed from lying, lying, lying to, well, look, look, let's relate with the president. You see the same thing with the Hunter Biden thing. I'm going to tie it back to, to now. So I'm, I'm, what I'm doing here, just in case you haven't caught on, I'm going back to a story that was massive at its time, which was the Clinton investigation. And I'm tying that to what you're seeing today to show you that this is not new. So back then, that was it, right? The narrative shifts and all of the mainstream media are saying the same thing. Now, what happens? These allegations start to come out about Hunter Biden. They're independently investigated. These emails are found to be true. The laptop is discovered to have belonged to Hunter. It's getting to the point now where the mainstream media can no longer deny it. So what do they do? They attack Rudy Giuliani. Why? Because Rudy Giuliani was the one that found the laptop. So all of a sudden now, what do you get? Well, Rudy's a drunk. Rudy's a philanderer. Here's a video from the new Borat movie. Oh my gosh, it has Rudy Giuliani in it. What's he doing on that bed? I don't know. Could be, could be doing something bad. All of this stuff comes out. Do you think it's convenient that this stuff just happens to come out as Rudy Giuliani is the one that has the evidence and is making these allegations? No, of course not. This is what they do. This is their playbook. Back to Clinton. We're going back now. They started drumming up all this information on Republicans. Oh, this Republican senator is cheating on his wife. This Republican senator had an affair 30 years ago. Well, this guy who has come out now and said stuff about Clinton, well, he did the same thing. You see, they started drumming up all this old information because what they wanted you to think was that, well, these people are guilty of doing the same thing. So what's what's wrong with what Clinton did? If, these, if it's what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You see how they do it. And this is not new. They've been doing this for years and years and years. It's more evident now. 
because you have access to more information now. So in my opinion, it's more obvious. The public has become more complacent, which makes it, you know, it's more obvious, but the public cares less. What is good for the goose is good for the gander. Back then, the American people got tired of it. They didn't want to hear about affairs and, and, and you know, they, they didn't care about these people's personal lives. But the media argued that we have a right to talk about these personal lives because Republicans changed the rules. And the problem was never the affair, by the way, with Clinton. No one cared about the affair. I don't care what he does in his personal life as long as it's not illegal. The problem was that he lied under oath. And then they argued, oh, well, you know, well. Oh, the problem is it opens Clinton up, right? Because if we can find out about it, foreign entities can find out about it, and then they can use it as blackmail against Clinton. It opens Clinton up to be a pawn. And then you go back to circle back to now. What do we know about Joe Biden? We know there's there's strangeness, right? The media covered it up. Now we got this whole election stuff going on. We'll probably never talk about Hunter Biden again. We'll probably never talk about it again. But I want you to understand in all of this, the media understands it is important to control the narrative. And if you don't think that's what's happening now, wake up. I'll show you an example. Project Veritas runs a story. They run a story on a USPS whistleblower that they found. The story was compelling. The whistleblower claimed that he was instructed, and so was the USPS, to put wrong, you know, to backdate ballots, basically. Backdate the postmark. The story was investigated. The USPS worker swore an affidavit. What does that mean? Well, when you swear an affidavit, that means basically you are now swearing that what you're saying is true under penalty of perjury. He, then the weirdness starts. Then we, we see a story that the Washington Post runs that says, well, this USPS worker has recanted his story. When you open the story of the Washington Post, you see there's no comment, though, from the whistleblower. They're just getting this information from third-hand reports. They claim they're getting it from investigators. Well, that's a little weird. Why wouldn't he comment if that's true? But then Project Veritas runs a story saying... He was intimidated by investigators, and they have proof. What? Then you listen to the audio, and sure enough, there are investigators intimidating this man. And they're saying some really weird things about mind control and, you know, trying to convince him to tell the truth and change his story and then lie. It's really weird audio. You should find it and listen to it. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Find this audio and give it a listen. And then they interview him and he says, I never recanted my story. I never. I want the Washington Post to retract this because I never recanted my story. What? The president, here's the weirdest part. The president retweets this. And right beside him, when you look at the trending news on Twitter, what do you see? The Washington Post article that says that this information has been recanted. What? So now you have the media, you have big tech actively running cover for the Democrats 
Or is it the Democrats? I don't know. They're certainly trying to cover up this. Or they're acting in a manner that would suggest they are trying to cover it up. Federal agents being involved is big. That takes this conspiracy up to a new level. So I don't know what that's all about. But I think it's interesting that this story has legs. I mean, this man swore an affidavit. And now you're trying to say he recanted and he didn't. Why are you trying to say that? Why are you running cover on this if there's no truth to it? That makes you look way more suspicious. If anything, it makes the evidence stronger. Because now you're denying what what is being said. And not only are you denying it, but you're defaming the character of the individual who's saying it. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we don't start to see stories come out about this USPS worker and his personal life. Mark my words, in the next couple days you're going to see it. Why would they do that? They only do that when they're trying to run cover. In the past, go back again, go back to the Clinton story. What were they doing? They were running cover. Why are they running cover now over allegations of fraud? We should all say, I mean, the common sense thing to say here is, well, yeah, do an investigation because even if there isn't fraud, it's worth investigating because we want the truth. We want trust in our institutions. We want people to believe it. It's worth investigating. I don't know. I don't know. The story will continue to play out. We will continue to cover it on this show as best as we can. But I would once again encourage you to do research. Step outside of your echo chamber. Examine both sides. Take a look at the evidence. See what the, the weight of the evidence is to you. Read the affidavits. Read the complaints. Don't just go to CNN. You can find the complaint. I have posted it. I have tweeted the complaint at Vegan Wing. Read the full complaint. Yes, it's 105 pages, but it's worth reading because you don't want to believe. You don't want to just take information that you're being given because you don't know if the information you're being given is true. So go to the source. I'll continue to say this. I can do my best to present this to you, but I will accept my own biases here. Do your own research. That's the best advice I can give you. One piece of news before we call it today. Some information came out about Joe Biden's plan to distribute the vaccine. And I want to highlight this because I want to make a point about Joe Biden. A point that was made prior to people voting. But it's a point that I think people are really going to realize now that Biden is the, whatever he is, the office of the president-elect, whatever the hell. The report states that Joe Biden is going to distribute this vaccine globally before he mass distributes it in America. So here we are. Globalist Joe is back making deals. Why would you do that? If this, if this vaccine is developed in America, you make sure your people have the vaccine first. But here we are, right? We wanted to go back to normal. And here we are. Let's let our own people starve while we save people around the world. America is once again going to take the position of savior of the universe. Meanwhile, its own people starve. What do you think of that? You didn't know this was coming? Well, do some research next time. You got another election in two years. Might want to do a little research before you pull the push the old button, right? Or tell your 120-year-old grandpa, hey, dead gr- hey, you make sure and do some research before you vote next time. Biden cleaned up in the dead vote. That's all I'm saying. It's it's a 
It's a category of voters that Republicans just don't appeal to for some reason. Huh. I don't know why. Apparently dead voters are all globalists. It's kind of weird. That's all we got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate the support once again. Uh, Share the show with people you love. If you want to support, like, subscribe, put a comment in there, let everybody know how great of a job you think we're doing or how terrible I am. I get that too. Uh, You can ping me on Twitter if you want to direct message me. It's at VeganWing. You can find me on Parlor at Right Wing Vegan. Trying to get more active on Parlor. That seems to be the the way of the conservative future. And, and I'm going to be doing both because I don't think we should run from Twitter just because the the waters are rough. You know, you gotta you gotta ride it out, right? Anyways, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Happy Veterans Day, by the way. <laughs>